Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. Praise God. Do you feel the Spirit of God in here this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yes, I had an exciting week. I was uh, elected by my peers to the state council. uh, And what that means is that I'll be a part of the leadership team that provides guidance to the state. So that was a very awesome moment for you. Thank you. Thank you. And the reason I I mention that is because it's going to tie into my message today. Because how many get tired of praying to God because you keep looking for that answer that it hasn't come yet? Come on. You're like, God, how many times am I going to have to pray for this answer before it comes? Maybe, maybe, you know, my daughter made a joke about it this morning, but maybe God does need a hearing aid. <laughs> you know, we say that sometimes, right? Maybe God is deaf. Maybe God is just not listening to me. So I want to share with you this morning is that sometimes, actually I'm going to say more times than not, God says this to us, and you ready for this word? It's part of our four-letter word series. You know, we hear about four-letter words, and it's negative, but This is actually a positive word, although it seems negative. Are you ready for this four-letter word? It's a word that I personally hate. It's a word that I do not enjoy. It's a word called wait. I hate the word wait. If I'm ready to go, I like to be somewhere 15 minutes early. I ask my family, are you ready? And they reply to me, wait. I know a young man, he was a young minister, he got tired, of it wasn't me, he got tired of waiting on his family, so he just left them in the, at their house, and they lived about 40 miles away. He got to church, and I said, go get your family, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but how many enjoy waiting? Anybody? Nobody? I hate waiting. I had to wait on the plane yesterday. I had to wait on my food to get through the drive-thru. I had to wait on the car in front of me. When I was exiting the plane, there was somebody who was walking down the concourse, and they made sure that their selves and their bag took up the whole lane. I couldn't get by them. And I had to, you know, go. <laughs> I mean, when I mean go, I had to make it to the restroom. I didn't think I was going to make it. And I'm like, come on, hurry, hurry. We just don't enjoy waiting, do we? It's not easy. But yet, that's the one thing that God does for us, is He wants us to wait sometimes, doesn't He? Listen to this verse right here. Psalms 27 14. I want you to read it with me as I say it. Ready? Wait on the Lord. Wow. Right out of the gate. Wait on the Lord. Somebody told me one time that that word wait means to serve the Lord. No, that's not what it means. It literally means to wait. Like, you know, not do anything. Don't do anything. Wait on God. 
He says, wait on the Lord, and while you wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Anybody excited to wait? No, <laughs> we're not. That's not our human nature, especially nowadays when you, have, you can get microwave food or instant food. We don't like to wait, do we? And when you do that, he shall strengthen your heart. And then he says it again, wait. Look at your neighbor and say, wait. Look at your other and say, say wait. All right, look at your other neighbor and say, pastor's handsome this morning. Thank you for those few that did that. <laughs> it's okay. God has a sense of humor, okay? He, he loves uh, fans of the commander, so he has a sense of humor. He goes, wait, I say, on the Lord. He's like emphasizing it. He says, I want you to wait on the Lord, and this is what happens when you wait on the Lord. And then I'm going to reemphasize it again. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It's tough to wait, though. I'm going to emphasize it again. Have you ever wanted something and you had to wait on it? I, see, I'm the kind of person at Christmas time, this is going to be sacrilege to some of you. At Christmas time, I believe that I should get my presents Christmas Eve. Now, the kids can wait. I'm getting my presents Christmas Eve. As a matter of fact, if I had my choice, I would get my Christmas presents Christmas Eve, 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 like five days ahead of time, right? Right? I think, and then I should get a present each day, kind of like the 12 days of Christmas. That's the way it should be. My wife and my family do not agree with that, but I hate waiting until Christmas morning. For my birthday this year, they made me wait until my actual birthday. And I was sitting there like a bundle of nerves. I said, when can I get it? I already knew what I was getting. Right? Because I'm the dad and I pay for everything and I knew what I was getting. But it still, it was just a matter of fact that I wanted it. I didn't want to wait on it. How many know that God has promised you something, you know what he's going to give you, and you're like, come on, God, hurry up. Come on, God, let's do it. Come on, God, where are you at? And you get, how many have ever been frustrated with God because of his promises? We all have, amen? We've all been frustrated with God, but the Lord says to wait. As a matter of fact, patience or waiting is the fruit of the Spirit. He says this, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, you know what the fruit of the Spirit is? Is when you have the Spirit of God in you, then you display certain attributes about you. In other words, you, you, there's things about you that shine, that make who you are and what you do attractive to other people. Anybody seen a good piece of fruit that you just really wanted? You're going through the grocery store at Fred Meyer's and you look at it and you want to eat it right there, but you're afraid security is going to tackle you, right? And so that's what he's talking about. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. That word long-suffering there means patience. Patience means to what? Wait. In other words, when you learn to wait, then you are exhibiting, you are, you are showing a gift of the Spirit. Because only God can change us to be desirous to wait on him. Because it's not in our nature. It's not in our nature to wait. But how many understand when you don't wait on something and you get it right away, you don't appreciate it very much, do you? 
When you don't have to work for something, when you put no effort into it and it comes easy to you, you don't appreciate it. It's not something of value to you. But when you have to wait, and God has us wait sometimes, he has us go through situations where the answer doesn't come right away. And when he does that, when we get to the end, then whatever we're going through means something is valuable to us, isn't it? See, when you wait, you're actually in good company. You're like the heroes of the Bible. Abraham, God promised him a son. Did he get it right away? He had to wait. Not one year. Not two years. Not five years. He had to wait a long time. I think if my memory is correct, it was like 15 or 20 years. And by the time he got the promise of the son, before he got it, his wife and himself were well past the age of childbearing years. They were in their 90s and he was over 100. I looked at my wife once our kids were getting out of the house. I said, hey, maybe we should have another baby. Right? And her response to me was not very kind. You know, because, I mean, I'm, I'm 52, and, uh, and I thought about it. She was right. I, I mean, I look at Randy and, and Helen with their baby up all night with their baby, and Ezra and Cheyenne's going to be up all night with their baby, and they're going to call me and ask for prayer. You know what I'll do? I'll pray with them and hang up and go back to bed. Well, they're, they're going to be up all night, right? That's the way babies are. But they were well past the time of having baby. They were dead inside, but yet what they thought was dead, God restored. Amen? See, sometimes we wait on something. Praise God. Sometimes we wait on something and it seems like that it's dead. It seems like it's never going to come to life. But I know a guy who can resurrect the dead. Amen. I know a guy who can bring dead things to life. As long as there is breath in these lungs. Amen. As long as there is his breath in my lungs, his promises are true and faithful. And everyone say amen, right? If he says he will do it, then God bless it. He will do it. Amen. There is, if he can give Abraham and Sarah a son well past their time of being able to conceive, then he can do it in your life. Amen. He can take it and do it. Amen. So Abraham had to wait. Noah had to wait. God says, I'm going to destroy the earth. I want you to build an ark. You know how, he long, how long he had to wait, if memory serves me correct? He had to wait over 100 years for that promise to be fulfilled. Imagine knowing for over 100 years the earth was going to be destroyed. He preached and nobody listened to him, amen? But God put him and he saved his family. God's promises are true, amen? David had to wait. David was promised to be anointed king, but he served an under an ungodly king who tried to kill him. You ever had to serve under somebody who was trying to kill you? Maybe not physically. Maybe they were trying to kill your spirit. Come on. See, I brought up the thing that happened to me about on the council. Because there was a time about seven years ago someone tried to kill my spirit. I'm telling you this story because I want you to understand. They, they, they told me, this is I'll make sure you never pastor anywhere. That's what they told me. 
They says, I'll make sure you're never serving in the church of God. Now, this was something, I didn't do anything to them. They were just mean. I, w- I was innocent, and I asked the Lord, I said, I know you've called me. What's, what's going on? I mean, why, why, would, why would you allow this? And the Lord said, you've got to trust me. My promise is this. At the end of the, at the time, no one will remember these things that you've been accused of. On Friday, no one remembered what I was accused of. I want you to understand that that was the culmination. Amen? God restored. God restored. And that person that accused me of that is no longer in ministry anymore. I don't wish that on them. I don't wish bad things. I want God to restore them. But you got to be careful who you talk about and who you talk down to in the kingdom. Amen? And there's people that have talked down to you and told you that you're no good or you're worthless. And I want to tell you right now, that is not according to God. Amen. They may see you as worthless, but God sees you as a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. And he's made promises to you and your family. And I stand here as an example that God is going to restore you and your family, okay? God is going to restore. It's as if the past didn't even matter, amen? Now, you know who remembers that past? Me. Because when the Lord, and see, this happened to David too, because the leader tried to kill him. And when David finally realized everything God did for him, he wrote a song and he danced a little dance. Amen. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I'm dancing a little dance for what God did for me in my life. Amen. I'm dancing a little dance because God, hallelujah, God says, I don't listen to what other people say about you. I care about what I think about you. Amen. And as long as I have a humble heart, as long as I have a heart that seeks God, that's what God's going to pay attention to. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. Amen. What it means is that God made a promise. God made a promise. I don't want you to give up. Man, that's where we get in trouble, don't we? We give up. Like, God's not going to do it. And I, there was times that I've been there. Can I tell you that? I've been there. I was wanting to give up. I'm, I, I sat down on a piece of paper and say, I give up. I'm not doing this anymore. But the Lord said, put down that pen and listen to me. Oh, praise God. Put down that pen and listen to me, son. If I make a promise to you, just like I made to Abraham, I'll take something that's dead and make it alive. Amen? I'm going to make... Amen? If I've called you and anointed you like I did David, then I will fulfill my promise. See, the same thing applies to you. What does God promise you? Now listen to me. Can we kind of go back in our memory banks a little bit? What has he promised you? And you're having to wait on it. But you're in good company, right? Because David waited. Noah waited. Abraham waited. Who else waited? Daniel waited. Daniel waited. He prayed for seven days for God to answer him until God did. You know who else waited? The disciples waited. They waited in the upper room for 10 days. Can you imagine being in one room with the same people, 120 people, for 10 days? After a while, that'd get old pretty quick, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? 
We come here for prayer on Sunday night, and after about an hour, everybody's like, okay, pastor, I'm ready to go home. But these people, they waited. Brothers and sisters, we have to wait upon the Lord. Amen? Otherwise, we're going to wind up like Saul. See, Saul was in a moment right after he was elected king or chosen as king that he was fighting against the Philistines. And he, Samuel told him, he says, listen, I want you to wait seven days and I'm going to come up and I'm going to do the sacrifice. And in that time, while he was waiting, the, the army that he had that was going to go fight against the Philistines, they started leaving because they were scared. They started evaporating. They started going away. They started leaving him and abandoning him. And so that what Saul did, because he was impatient, he made the sacrifice, something that he wasn't authorized to do. First Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, God is not going to do things on your time. Okay? He's just not. You know why? Because he's God. Quit trying to figure God out. Amen? Just do what he says and trust that. Amen? Is that hard? Yes, it's hard. If it was easy, we'd all be serving the devil, wouldn't we? Of course it's hard, but I'm going to explain to you how it helps you. And so Saul said, bring me a burnt offering and priest offerings to me. And he offered the burnt offering. The Bible goes on to say, as soon as he offers the burnt offering, Samuel shows up and he said, what are you doing? God would have established your kingdom forever if you would have just listened to him. How many times have we missed out on God blessing us because we rushed it? How many times have we missed out on something God wanted to do in our lives because we tried to help him, amen? Anybody ever tried to help God? Come on now, anybody ever tried to help God? Like, God, I'm going to help you out here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. You don't worry about it, God. And God just steps back and says, okay. Abraham tried to do that when he was waiting on his promise. He says, God, I'm going to help you. I'm going to sleep with my little handmaid over here and have a son. That'll be okay, right? Can you imagine that Sarah eventually didn't like that? Eventually, she got upset with that, wouldn't you? It was a big mess. You had Hagar had to leave with her son Ishmael. And the Bible even calls Ishmael the son that was born the son of the flesh because it was a decision made in the flesh. And that's what we do. God has promised us, but we don't wait on the promise. We make a decision that's for us. We have to wait on the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, Why wait? Why wait? Why wait? Why wait indeed? Because first of all, waiting renews our strength. Amen. Let me ask you a little question this morning. How many of you are tired this morning? Come on, raise your hand. You're tired. Can I tell you something? If you want strength to go on, then you need to wait on the Lord. Not argue with them. How many argue with God? How many argue with people and pretend they're God so you can argue with somebody? Come on now, don't we do that? Why are you mad? I'm actually mad at God, but you're here, so you're going to get it. Right? The Bible says, Isaiah 40, verse 31. You guys know this scripture, but those who 
wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. Praise God. Are you tired this morning? Now, I know, you're, I know your bodies are physically tired, but there's something about your spirit being tired. Amen? See, my body can be tired, but when the Holy Ghost is dealing with me and the Holy Ghost starts moving in me, my body forgets that it's tired, and I'll go on a whole other level, right? I'm walking up here, and I'm walking around, I'm feeling pretty good. When the Holy Ghost is on me, then that's a whole new me because I'm operating in the spirit versus the physical, amen? And brothers and sisters, too often we operate in the physical. We need to operate in the spirit because we need to wait on the Lord. And when you do... When you do, he gives you strength. Here's what kind of strength he gives you. He says, you'll mount up with wings like eagles. I love walking or driving down Egan Drive right there across from the, the dump. And you see all the eagles up on the, on the light poles and they take off. And it's just a beautiful sight when they take off, isn't it? That's why I love Alaska. It's just so Gorgeous, things you don't see anywhere else. We have people from the lower 48. I tell them about eagles here, and they're like, oh, big deal. We have eagles down south. I said, okay, and then I show them our eagles, and they, they're like, wow, those are big eagles. Those are huge. They're bigger up here. They just are, right? Or if you've ever seen a raven take off, they're just such beautiful birds, and, and the, way they, the way they just fly, and they're so graceful in everything that they do. See, the Bible says, that you'll mount up with wings like eagles. You know what that means? Are you ready? That means that you will defy the laws of nature. Because see, when an eagle flies, what, what does that defy? That defies the laws of gravity. And I realize there's some other laws that play into that, like lift and all that. But still, gravity, if I were to go up into a, a two- a story building, and I were to step out one of the windows, what would happen to me? And great would be that fall, wouldn't it? There would be an earthquake when I hit the ground. It'd be like the Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner series. Remember when he fell off the cliff and there was a big indention where he fell? Remember that? That would be me. But if I ever were to try to maybe fly out of a window, what would happen? Again, splat, Right? But what happens when an eagle or a raven takes off? Praise God. They defy gravity, don't they? They go off and they do what they need to do. They fly where they need to fly. Brothers and sisters, when you wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength. And then nothing in this world can bother you or bring you down. Amen? Nothing can bring you down. In other words, you are above it all. You watch the news, the world is falling apart, and you say to yourself, well, praise God in heaven, I know where I'm going, amen? You, go, you turn on the news, well, this political party's doing this, inflation's through the roof, and you look at your wife or your husband or your grandkids, and it says, I know my future is secure in the Lord, amen? They can take my bank account, but God is my supplier, amen? I, you look, you have people look at you and say, this is happening, this is happening, you say, you know what, my God is still God, he's still on the throne, nothing bothers you, Amen? My grandmother used to annoy me to death. I mean, I loved her and everything, but man, she used to annoy me because I'd go to her upset about something, 
I said, Grandma, what am I going to do? I mean, I was a little excitable in those days. Grandma, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And she'd look at me and she'd say, it's okay, God's got this. I hated that answer. Grandma, I need to know what to do. And she'd grab my hand a little tighter. Now, she was, she was older, but that woman could squeeze a hand. I mean, I think she broke my hand once, how tight it was. And she says, God's got this. You need to trust the Lord. And then something would happen in her life, and I'd say, Grandma, what are you going to do? Well, I'm just going to pray about it. Man, she annoyed me when she did that. <laughs> but man, that woman had something in her mind. She had something in her heart. She wasn't just saying it to be saying it. She knew who God was. Amen? She knew who God was. And I want to tell you, it renews our strength. The Bible says when you wait on the Lord, He says you will run and not be weary. Now see, that's how I know that's God, because I tried running once, and I got about five feet, and I almost died. Amen. I can't run very far. I tried running after Peyton this morning, and it didn't go very well. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Okay, I can't run after Peyton. She has to run towards me. That's about as good as it's going to get. All right? When baby Zeke is born, champ, they're going to have to run towards me. But I tell you what, when I wait upon the Lord, He renews my strength. I'm going to mount up with wings as easel. I'm going to be able to fly. I'm going to be able to run. and not, Maybe not physically run, but I'm going to be able to spiritually run. In other words, I'm going to be able to go on when no one else can go on. I'm going to be able to pursue God when no one else can do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They shall walk and not faint. See, when God gives you strength, all those normal things about you that don't work because as we get older, don't apply. I'm not talking about necessarily physically. I'm talking about spiritually. You know what, brothers and sisters, that's what our teenagers, that's what our young adults want to see from us is that we're not freaking out over every little thing, that we look at them like my grandmother looked at me and says, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. They need that from us, amen? Now inside, we may be a little nervous, but we got to wait on the Lord, amen? we got to wait on the Lord. Let Him renew our strength. Second thing I want you to know that He does for when you wait on Him is He builds your faith. Micah 7, 7 says this, Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Amen. Notice he didn't say, my God maybe will hear me. My God might hear me. What does he say? How many, when you're, when you're struggling with waiting on God, you turn that will into a, I don't know if he hears me or not. I kind of mentioned that earlier. Can I tell you, if you're a believer, God hears you? I want you to know something. There's a reason why people put stuff on Facebook like pray for me, pray because they know that God hears your prayer, amen? Can I tell you that? They kn I wish they would change their life, amen? I really do. I wish they would stop putting it on there for the sake of maybe they would come into the kingdom. But rest assured, they're asking you. They want somebody to pray for them because they see you have that connection with God, amen? So can I tell you right now, God hears 
every prayer that you pray to him. He hears you. There's, uh, there's been prayers that I've prayed before, and, and I felt like they were selfish prayers, you know? You ever had those? Like, it's kind of all about you. And I said, man, God, I feel, I feel bad about this. I don't want to pray this. You know, and we try to hide things from God. Like, we try to maybe pray in a way where he can't realize what we're praying. You, you ever done that before? Like, oh, God, I just worship you. And, you know, I have this thing in my life. But, you know, I don't, you know, whatever you want, God, but we really want it. <laughs> you know what I've learned with God? Just be real. He already knows your heart. Just, just don't, don't try to hide it from him because, you know, that's, that's really a lie when you think about it. Just tell him how you feel, right? Just say, God, I want this. I want this in my life. I want my children to come to church with me, amen? I want my grandchildren to come to church with me, amen? I want my finances covered, Lord. See, we pray to God about our finances and sometimes we feel guilty about that because maybe we're not the best with managing our money, right? My son was texting me yesterday. He was struggling a little bit in school, and he just said, Dad, I just want to go buy something because I'm frustrated. And I told him, I said, you typically want to buy something when you're lonely or you're frustrated or you're overwhelmed. He goes, wow, that's, that's totally me. And that's what we do. And sometimes our finances get on a jam, and we feel guilty about asking the Lord to help us because we feel like we put ourselves in that position. Can I tell you right now, if you're faithful with your tithe, you can ask God to help you, and this is what He'll do. He'll help you to change that part of you to where you're not spending money foolishly, okay? He'll help you with that, amen? He'll change the way you do things. He'll change that part about you. There was a time that when I, when I got frustrated, I'd go out and buy a car. Or I'd go out and buy a computer or some high-ticket item because, we, you know, we make fun of women spending money. You know who spends the most money? Men. Yes, men outspend women by far. You know why? Because we buy boats. Come on now. We buy cars. We buy guns. <laughs> guns are okay. We buy the, the high-ticket items that kind of set families in debt for a long time, don't we? So men, it's kind of us that kind of needs to get it under control, don't we? Or maybe we go by the restaurant and have lunch when really we can take a sandwich or something, all right? The point I'm trying to make is even though you mess up, we're kind of afraid to talk to God about how we feel. Just talk to Him, okay? Be real with Him. Just tell Him how you feel. And even if it's wrong, it doesn't change how God feels about you. That's what, that's what we have a hard time with because you ever been honest with someone and they look at you and you're like, whoa, I don't know if I can be around you anymore. You're kind of weird. See, God will never do that. You know what God does? God embraces you. You know why? Because he made you. and He knows exactly how you are. I've been called weird my whole life. I have. The names that I went through in middle school, I don't even want to tell you. That's how bad they were. That was just weird. They said, you're a weirdo. And God looked at me one day and says, yeah, I made you that way. So you know what? If you're a weird person, I embrace you, Randy. 
I like, it's okay, Helen. I'm praying for you. Amen. <laughs> I love weird people like Richard, Will, and Mason. I'm only joking, by the way, right? Because I want you to know that God made you who you are. Amen. Quit asking God to change your personality. And that's, this, I'm so far off my sermon, we're not even funny, okay? But just ask God to embrace who you are and realize that you don't have to wait on Him changing your personality. Just be you, amen? Just be real with Him, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah, praise God. It, when we wait on Him, when we wait on Him, it builds our faith. Like I said earlier, if everything was given to you, you wouldn't appreciate it. The past 50 years has proven that because the welfare system has not eliminated poverty. It has actually grown poverty. I am not criticizing anybody in here who has been on welfare. I will tell you I have been on welfare, okay? But overall... Overall, you didn't know that about me, did you? Yeah, I was on welfare one time. I'm not going to get into it, and I'm not criticizing, criticizing anybody that was, but overall, welfare and government programs has increased poverty because people don't have to work for it, amen? It's just given to them. There's no incentive, and I realize I'm say, saying overarching statements, so when God wants us to wait, He wants us to realize that it is Him giving it to us, and He's going to want us to wait, so it builds our faith. I promise you, it's building our faith in Him. We learn to trust Him, amen? Give God glory. Glory. Amen. The third thing that it does is it builds a relationship with God. David said this, I will praise you forever because you have done it. See, when I thought about this morning, I woke up at 6 a.m. and I went down to my little office and had prayer and devotions before this morning. And I thought about everything that God's done for me because I'll be honest, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way, it has just felt like a battle my entire life. I feel like I'm always fighting, always fighting, always fighting, never easy, nothing's done, no, battle, 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 Right? And just when I think the battle's over, another battle brings up or comes up. And then in my office this morning, I was sitting there and I was praying. And the Lord, the Lord brought to my memory. He goes, I want you to realize the things that I've done for you. Because our mind is always on what's wrong, right? Our mind is always on the negative things. Our minds are always on what's not right. But the Lord says, look at what I've done for you. I've given you a beautiful wife. I've given you two beautiful kids. I've given you a home. I've given you your parents. I've given you, Keith, the family when no one said you could have a family. They said that you would not be able to have kids, but I gave you children. I gave you all the desires of your heart. I put you in a pastoral role when everyone said that you'll never be a pastor. I've done all these things for you. And I begin to think about, 
I begin to think about what the Lord has done for me, about how he took me when I was in the miry clay and he set me on a hill, amen? He took me when I was almost bankrupt financially. I remember one time I was talking to a credit person and they said, you need to just go ahead and file bankruptcy. There's no way you're going to pay your bills off. Brothers and sisters, I have paid those bills off, amen? I want you to know that I serve a good God. I didn't pay the bill off tomorrow. I didn't pay it off the other day or the next day. It took a few years, but when we wait on the Lord, I realized what God was doing for me. It didn't happen right away, but day by day, step by step, I grew in relationship with him. It went from being God, my father, to, hey, dad. How many know there's a difference between calling someone father and dad? Whenever my kids come to me and they say, Father, I know it's serious, like they want money. I love it when my kids come up to me and say, Hey, Dad, I don't care what I'm doing. It all stops. You said, Dad, you need something. What is it? I got you. Because I'm Dad. I'm Dad Man. I'm here to solve your problems. Right? How many, how many dads understand that? It's like when, 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 the, when the child calls and they a lot of times they, they say, hey, Dad, yes, I'm here. Where's Mom? <laughs> Mom's not here. What do you need? I'll wait. <laughs> Fine. When they say, Dad, I need you. A lot of times it's for what I call dad advice. You know what I mean? Do I spend money on this? How do I handle this situation? And I'm in that unique role now that I can't give them the answer. I gotta guide them. I gotta, I gotta let them make that decision. You know why? Because I'm not gonna be around forever. They need to learn how to make those decisions. And it's tough because I'm watching them make some bad decisions sometimes. And I'm like, mm, don't do that. And they do it and they come back to me later. And they cry about it, and my, my response is, well, how'd that work for you? Did you listen to me? No. no okay, let's try it again. Don't, don't we realize God does the same thing? You know, I feel close to my children, and they know they can call me anytime. We have a relationship. We have a relationship because I pay attention to them. I just don't ignore them. I don't get uncomfortable and don't want to have anything to do with them. Brothers and sisters, when you have to work, when you have to wait on the Lord, it builds that relationship. It creates a dependency upon God. And I want you to know that God wants that relationship with you. Did you know? He wants that relationship. Some of you, hear me, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of you are pushing God away because of what you're going through. Can I tell you that's the opposite of what needs to happen? Instead of pushing Him away, you need to go to Him. Doesn't mean your problem's gonna be solved the same day, but I tell you what, it's sure a lot easier. Come on, it's sure a lot easier. And I can tell you, there's been times in my life where I pushed God away and my problem never got solved. As a matter of fact, it got worse. I never forget one time that I told God that I was done with ministry and I'm gonna go get a job. And I went and got a job. I went back to school and I got a degree in accounting. I got a job at a CPA firm. I said, that's it, God. I'm going to be a CPA. Take that. I don't need you, God. I'm going to do my own thing. 
Within four months, I lost that job because <laughs> I wasn't good enough for them. You know why? Because I wasn't where God wanted me to be. God didn't want me to be a CPA. I wanted to take the test for being a CPA. I scored a 50 on all four tests. I've never scored below an 85 on any test in my life, but I scored a 50 on that test. So I went back a couple months, uh, months later and says, okay, I'm going to do better on this test because I've been working in a firm and I'm going to do better. I got a 45 on the next test. They looked at me and says, maybe you shouldn't do this. <laughs> and they helped me make that decision by showing me the door. You know what I realized? God had something for me. He was just waiting on me to figure things out. I didn't know 10 years ago that I would be, actually 14 years ago. Wow, we're getting old. I'm, excuse me, I'm getting old. Yeah, I'm getting old. I didn't realize 14 years ago when this happened to me that I'd be sitting here in Juneau. But look where God has brought me. And I'm, I'm, I'm just using me as an example because I want you to understand what God can do for you. It didn't happen overnight. We nearly, and I kid you not when I say this, we nearly lost everything, everything. Our credit was like zero. <laughs> we would try to, we would go to the loan and our bank and try to go to the loan and they'd go, maybe you should come back in 10 years. <laughs> we just couldn't get any money. We were, we were in terrible shape. There was a bank crisis. All the homes were undervalued and we ended up losing our home. And we said, God, where are you? And then God looked at us and says, well, where are you? You're supposed to be following me. And when we committed ourselves back to the Lord, it wasn't easy. It's been a road of hardship and pain and frustration. But when you wait, this whole time we've said, Lord, we may not know how to get through it, but we'll do it with you. And when you do it with God, not only will he restore you, but he builds that relationship with you. Do I struggle with faith sometimes still? Yes, but do I know there's a God in heaven that loves me? Yes, we wait upon you, Lord. We wait upon the Lord. We wait for his promises. Acts chapter 1, 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. What has God promised you? You know, it gets to the point sometimes that we even doubt that God promises us something. We even doubt that God said those words. What has he promised you? Is it salvation for your family? Do you think God is slack concerning his promise? Is it for your finances? Now, some of those things require some effort on our part, right? Like if you're not giving to the Lord, then he's not going to bless you. Right? That's just scripture, right? Some of it is we just have to wait in the Lord. Like I was telling the people when we go downtown, we try to give stuff to the homeless people. You can't talk them into salvation. You've got to let the Spirit draw them. What are you waiting on the Lord for? What are you waiting on the Lord? He's promised us something. 
He's promised us salvation for our families. See, I said that, and I feel there's still an air of doubt in the room. Well, pastor, if that was true, they'd already be saved. Not true. God has a timing for everything, doesn't it? So when I say God's promise of salvation for our families, you should be encouraged to say amen. God has promised you salvation for your family. Amen? God has promised you salvation for your family. Are you ready for this? God has promised you healing for your finances. Do you know why I talk about giving? Because when my wife and I were going through that time where we almost went bankrupt, what's the first thing we stopped doing? We stopped giving. We didn't give. But the minute we started giving, things turned around. Things turned around. It wasn't the next day. I still have bill collectors call me. Anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody have bill collectors call you? They called me so much, I knew their first name. I said, hey, Fred, how you doing? Not you, Fred. They said, you know why I'm calling you? Yeah, I know. I don't have anything for you. Well, if you don't, we're going to come after you. I said, well, you know, bring some people with you. <laughs> you know, you come in my door. I got a gun. I don't know what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but I mean, it's funny. I got on the same name on them because I continued to, to pay to God and give to God. Amen. As I continued to pray and ask the Lord to bless my family, God miraculously has brought us to the point where he has blessed us indeed. Amen. That's what I want to tell you. You have to wait on his promises. We have to wait for his coming. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Hebrews 9, 28. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. See, now this is where we should really get excited. I never forget I was in, I was in uh, Anchorage this past few days and my flight didn't leave till Saturday afternoon. And I thought, man, I, tell you, I just miss home. You know? After sleeping in a hotel room for three or four days, how many knows those hotel rooms are creepy? You don't know if they really wash the sheets, do you? You don't know if they really wash anything in that room. And, and I'm sitting in this room and I'm uncomfortable. The bed is hard. The pillows are difficult. Uh, you know, it's, it's too hot. It's too cold. I missed home. I was uncomfortable the whole time. I, I, I was so tired because it wasn't my bed. I came home last night. I saw my bed and I hugged it. I hugged Jenny too. But I love my bed. My bed has made, it's got a little groove where I sleep. Amen. My pillows love me. They embrace me. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you're uncomfortable right now because this is not your home. Amen. There is a mansion in glory waiting for us. There's a mansion in glory waiting for us, and we are going to enjoy our time in heaven. Amen. Amen. I was telling somebody the other day, the streets are made of gold. See, what we do is here is we use asphalt, the cheapest material there is. 
Well, if we use the cheapest material as asphalt, imagine gold is the cheapest material they have in heaven. Brothers and sisters, we are going to a place where mold and rust do not exist. Praise God. People from the southeast will really enjoy that. The sun will shine. There's actually a sun. I've seen it happen. The sun will shine. Actually, it's sun out there today, isn't there? It's still cloudy. The sun will shine all day long because he is the sun. We wait for his coming. And lastly, we wait for his judgment on those who've wronged us. Has anybody wronged you? Has anybody hurt you? You know why people don't come back to church? It's because of hurt. Somebody hurt them. Somebody upset them. More often than not, it's a misunderstanding. But do you know why people don't talk to people in their family? Hurt? Relationships severed? Brothers and sisters, there's people that have wronged you. There's people that have hurt you. The Bible says this in Revelations chapter 6, verses 9-11. through 11. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. In other words, we have to wait. We have to wait on the Lord. Now, this is not one of those messages that is everybody shouting and running the aisles or anything like that, but it's an important message. We have to wait. We have to be reminded to wait. See, my doctor's been on me about that dreaded other four-letter word that there is called diet. And uh, I had to go meet with this lady to evaluate everything I ate. And uh, she said, she says, what do you like to eat? And I said, vegetables and and, uh, fruit. Yeah, thank you. When When you're telling a lie, you know, you have to think about it for a second. And she laughed and she looked at me and she goes, I know that's not true. And she says, what do you eat? And I said, well, I eat a bag of chips because I love, anybody else here love Cheetos? I know uh, Mason does, love Cheetos. There's a story behind that. We were at youth camp and there's this game called Cheetos and you put Cheetos in between your toes. And Mason, I won't tell you anymore. It was so gross. <laughs> Because the person he did that with hadn't showered in a few days. That was you, Caden, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So I love, except for that moment, I love Cheetos, right? Aren't Cheetos awesome? And, and my daughter has got me turned on to this jalapeno chips. I love jalapeno chips. But you know the thing about Cheetos or chips is they taste good, but what are they? They're empty calories. 
In other words, they don't do anything to help your body nutritionally. As a matter of fact, it actually harms your body. So I like to take those Cheetos and get me a good old Coke, right? Down that baby. Cheetos and Coke. Cheetos and Coke. But you know what that was doing to me? It was actually killing me. I was taking the quick, easy way out of getting something to eat and something to drink. Brothers and sisters, that's what we do. We try to take the easy way out. We try to listen to some prophecy on Facebook like it's the Word of God when it is not. You need to be careful what you read on Facebook that says this is of God. If somebody gets on Facebook and says, I see you doing this and I see you doing that, I'm going to tell you that's a false prophet because they're making it about the individual, not about God. Okay? False prophet. I'm going to tell you that right now. You can disagree with me and that's fine and we can talk about it. I'm just letting you know. Be careful what you read. And by the way, if it's a true prophecy, why would it be on Facebook? Amen? It doesn't belong there. Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, we'll let you go to all these other sources. Oh, pastor, give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. The only way that you're going to get a word, a proper meal, is like vegetables. You have to prepare them. Amen? Are vegetables good for you? Does anybody love eating vegetables? Put your hands down. I know you don't believe that. I was so proud of myself. The first night in Anchorage, I ate vegetables for dinner. The next night, I did not. I was like Moana. The fries were calling me. Brothers and sisters, we take the quick and easy way out. And the Lord says, you're gonna, if you want it, if you want it, you're going to have to wait. But when you get it, praise God as they start some music. When you get it, it's going to be from God. And it's going to be amazing. Would you stand with me, please? Actually, turn the music down for a second. I know I do this to you guys a lot. I love the way you work with me. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk, not faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. Come on, sing it with me one more time. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me, Lord, to wait. You can turn the music back on. Brothers and sisters, wait on the Lord. Wait. Whatever it is, wait. Don't try to help him. Don't try to do it for him. Wait. 
Before I have Will come up, actually, Will, go ahead and come up. We're going to pray for us. I want to let you know that I talked to the former Pastor Green, Pastor Richard. Been talking with him this entire time. Uh, he wants me to convey to you that the storm was supposed to come to where he was. The storm turned and went around him. Amen? The storm, a category, a category five hurricane went around him. There's no damage to his property. They have power the whole night. He said, yeah, I'm fine. There's nothing, nothing wrong here. And I wanted to share that with you because we love Pastor Green and we were praying for him. Amen? We were praying for him. I've been, I've been bragging about you to him, telling you how you're growing in your faith. And he's just so happy to hear that. He's so happy to hear what God is doing in you. We will wait on the Lord. Sometimes you come into your life, you come into church, and you get frustrated. Wait on the Lord. I want to see you back here tonight at 6.30 for prayer meeting. Because that's when we move the hand of God. Amen? Pray for us, Will. God bless you. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.